Have you ever heard of mileage brokering before? Ever wanted to know about how select travel agencies specialize in getting 20 to 50% and sometimes more off of premium cabin travel? In this episode, I interview our co-host Jason, the mileage broker, and how he makes a living. So many of you might have been wondering, who is this guy, Jason? How does he know so much about flights to Israel? He's mentioned a little bit about his clients, his travel booking. I think he's even said brokering a few times. So uh, I just wanted to kind of take this episode to get to better know the the co-host of the Easy Point podcast. So his real name is not Jason. That is an alias he goes by because what he does is a lot of mileage brokering, which is something that is against the terms of service of the credit card companies and the frequent flyer programs. I'll let, I'll let Jason take it away and kind of explain exactly what he does and how he makes his living and helps people travel the world a little bit cheaper. Haha. Exactly. <laughs> so listen, I put it this way. There's people that earn monthly hundreds of thousands of frequent flyer points. There are, there are big businesses or small businesses that do a lot, a lot of spending and they have literally some people have millions and millions of Amex points or other various points and they don't use them and they want to cash them out. They want to just get cash for them because they're not flying every week and they're not, they don't, they're not flying around the world and staying in five star, five star hotels. They just want to get cash. So that's one end of the coin. And then another end of the coin is there are, Flights that we can buy, business class flights, New York City, Hong Kong, direct on a cafe for eight, nine thousand dollars sometimes, and it's available for miles for uh, you know, hundred and forty thousand American miles round trip, or hundred and twenty thousand Alaska miles round trip, or or many other miles options. So that's where. Um, one end of this business comes in, which is basically taking people's miles, buying it off them, the Amex points or other miles, and booking flights at a fraction of the online price for the travelers. That is the general breakdown of this mileage uh, brokering, if you will. So just kind of explain a little bit further, it's very much just like an arbitrage where the the way that I like to think about it is, you know, miles and points are, you know, the the banks see these as like a rewards program and the IRS sees this as not taxable income. But for people like us, we see this as like another asset or another currency. And sometimes, you know, that currency is correlated with the cash price and sometimes it's not. And then there's opportunities to arbitrage it, assuming you can buy and sell them. The buying and selling is prohibited but it's not illegal, and doing that buying and selling kind of allows you then to get closer to what the true market rate would be if you know there was a free market of selling them the miles and points. Does that sound right to you? Yeah, that's one hundred percent accurate. Uh, it's not illegal against the on terms, which we can talk about. I uh, there's let's there's hear probably, it. What are you, we can what are your thoughts on it. So here's the general idea of. Uh, frequent flyer programs. Now I'll focus on airlines for a second because bank points are a whole different program. But airlines give you points or miles, I should say, every time you fly. So let's just take United, for example. 
every time you, you spend a hundred bucks with United, they give you 500 miles. It used to be the good days that you used to get miles for the actual flight you took. So if you took a, a flight that was um, New York City to LAX and you covered 2,000 miles in the air, they would give you 2,000 miles regardless of what you spent on the ticket, but they changed that. So most airlines now is you get miles based on how much you spend on the flight. So if you spend a flight 100 bucks, you'll get 500 miles. Now, you could accumulate miles and then spend them on the on a ticket where United will A, not pay any money out of pocket. B, they did not lose a seat because that seat would have gone unsold anyway. So it's it's all profit for them. They, they got to basically take anywhere from a, a, a domestic one-way ticket, 10,000 miles, up to sometimes on a, on a last-minute anytime award, they got to take 25,000, 30,000 miles or more on a seat that they didn't pay a dime for. Plus, you're probably paying the close-in fee of, of $75 to book the ticket. So they really, um, it didn't really cost them anything out of pocket to give you those miles. That's what they love. So they figure for every for all the miles they're, they're, they're giving out to their uh, frequent flyers, they want a certain percentage of it to be used on bookings that really doesn't cost them any money and seats that would anyway um, not get sold. So it's a win-win for them. They're sort of incentivizing you, but they're not spending any money. What they don't want is they don't want people to all be smart and to all use their miles on first-class tickets on partner airlines. So, yeah. for example, I'll take an example of um, you want to go from Frankfurt to New Delhi on Lufthansa. Um, you can use anywhere from, I think, 35, 45,000 for a business or first class on Lufthansa with United Miles. Now, guess what? At the end of the month, at the end of the quarter, United gets a bill from Lufthansa with every single time that someone used United Miles to fly on Lufthansa flight. United's got to cut the check to Lufthansa. It's a lot of money. I don't know what they pay. There's a contract. They pay at least a few hundred bucks every time you go on a partner airline in a business or first class. So they're basically, United's hoping and, and banking that, that most people will not use their miles for that. You follow that, Zach? Yeah. So just for the audience, though, why do you think they even offer that if, if they don't want people to use it? Well... I'll let you answer that question. If, if they would never offer you a nice, good redemption with your miles, then your miles would be a lot less valuable. Yeah, so what, what, what they're selling, they're selling is the possibility of doing this, but you know, making it essential to the system that it will be very hard to actually redeem it for the things that it's advertised for. And then, you know, in, in many ways, all these travel bloggers that are regularly using the miles in a smart way, like at the, the first reaction from someone might be like, oh, like the airlines must, must hate, you know, Lucky or hate the points guy, hate all these people. But no, they love them because they know that even if they break it down step by step, most people aren't going to be able to figure it out themselves. 
Well said. Exactly. Exactly that. So you go on a flight. You're on a flight from uh, New York to Florida, and you're on United Airlines. And, they, and the, the friendly stewardess says, we have a special offer today. You can sign up for the credit card and get uh, 25,000 miles. There's going to be a free round trip to anywhere in the U.S. Well, guess what? You know how free that, that round trip to anywhere <laughs> in the U.S. is going to come? Yeah. It's not going to come every day you want it. It's certainly not going to come when you have vacation from work on Thanksgiving or, or New Year's or um, Labor Day weekend. It's going to be an off-season. And it's it's it might not be the best time you want. Yes, you'll you'll eventually you can get that free round trip to anywhere in the U.S., but you might pay eighty bucks for it for the close-in fee. So, and likely they're basically expecting uh, to give it away on a seat that they would anyway not sell. So they're really not losing money. So like exactly like you said, they want they want it to sound great. They want it to sound you know amazing. I want to sign up for this card. I'm going to get a free round trip. Where I'm going to spend miles and I'm going to spend on this United card and save up for a, a business class award. But then when a push comes to shove, you really want that business class award. Half of the time or more than half of the time, it's not available, um, which is exactly what they want. Now, like again, like you said, they also want to they need to keep that option of, of the business class award because that's something to aspire to. That's something to, to motivate people to actually keep on collecting and earning miles, right? Yeah. So what happens is if United comes and says, you know what? You can sell your miles. You can, um, you can, you can sell your miles. Now what's going to happen is John Smith living in Texas, which just signed up for the United car and has the 25 or 30,000 miles sitting. And he wants to go from Houston to LA um, in a month and he sees tickets online are 200 bucks or, or one they're cheap you, you know yeah really cheap flights and it's either available for miles or not available for miles but he sees an ad on um you know the point sky or he sees an ad on on any on any travel site we buy your miles and he, he messages them or calls them and they say you've got thirty thousand united miles great we'll pay you 360 bucks he yeah. says wow fantastic 360 i'll get this flight for 200 and I'll pack, you know, that's a great value. Yeah. The United does not, does not want that because that mileage guy, the, the broker or the travel agent that's buying it, is going to turn around and he's going to use those miles for that first class ticket from Frankfurt to New Delhi. And he's going to incur expense to United. So they don't want people, that's exactly why they don't want people selling the miles. And yeah. in fact, they, they don't just, uh, stated in the terms and conditions they actually go after people if they get a sense of that you're selling your miles let's so, so let's say for example you know i get this question all the time well how would united know if i'm selling my miles maybe i'm just giving it away to friends and family which is true they never know for certain but they mm-hmm. have a really good sense of smell because if they see that your miles are being used for all sorts of random names and random routes not originating the u.s like one yeah. day it's from uh, Frankfurt to New Delhi, and the next day it's from Hong Kong to Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. For, for one is a Chinese name, and one is in you know it 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 sets off a red flag. So they're going to come after you eventually. See, so um, even if you do sell your miles, you certainly want to make sure you're selling it to a trusted broker, and you want some good recommendations, and you also want to make sure that 
you sell them all or most of your account. You definitely don't want to sell like just 50,000 miles out of a big account because all the miles might get confiscated and um, that would ultimately go on your shoulders, you know? Yeah. And to be clear, I think for most people listening to this, you're not going to ever really want to sell your miles. It's going to be much better and a lot less risky to, you know, just figure out how to use them. Certainly. No question about it. No question that uh, if someone comes to me and they have miles and I see there's an option to either buy their miles off them and book them a different flight or tell them to actually use their miles, I always recommend people to use their miles directly. But it's, yeah, in some cases, people have miles that are expiring. And that's another thing, Zach, which we didn't even talk about. Every airline program expects that a certain percentage of all the miles they give out are going to expire. And that's a win-win for them. They'll every, they make that, the, you know, United, let's say you have to have activity every two years or your miles expire. So that's great. They, they, miles expire all the time. And they just literally, um, if you view that as cash, they literally, you know, pocketed the cash, so to say. So yeah, exactly. That's another reason they don't like the uh, selling of the miles. So are, who are the people, again, not the, not the names, but what are the type of people that actually sell you miles? Is it more individuals? Is it, is it mainly businesses? And how did you, how did you cultivate these relationships? That, that's actually a great question because um, although you could advertise, and some people do, I personally do not advertise, not, because, not, not for any particular reason. I just like the referrals better than the um, hard advertising. It's really a mix. I buy off businesses. So I have, let's say, several businesses that spend, no jokes, on their credit cards, let's say a million dollars a month or mm-hmm. half a million dollars a month. Yeah. Um, so they're earning, every single month, they're earning half a million miles. So that's, that's fantastic because it's, it's someone that's, it's a long-term relationship, you know, every month or a couple of months, I'm buying a nice chunk of miles of them and it's, it's coming in over and over. So it's not like I need to deal with a new client and explain them the whole drill. It's just a recurring thing. So that's great. The other thing is I deal with, I, I like to call them street people, although it's just, I deal with consumers that sounds, sounds derogatory. <laughs> yeah, it does, but it, 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 it I'm not trying to be derogatory, but it's, they're not, yeah. they're just consumers and they, they, they either, they like to, what I'm buying is most of the time I'm buying their signup bonuses. They like to, they want some spare cash and they see friends and they see relatives that are um, signing up for credit cards and earning miles and making money and they can use some spare cash. So they want to do the same thing. So they, uh, They'll either call me for recommendation of which card to sign up for, or, or they'll come to me with the miles already earned, and they have it, and they say, I have this card with 80,000, and this card with 70, and this program 50. So those are not the businesses, and they're, I, I like them as well, but they're not, it's, it's a little bit harder because they're, they're coming, you know, sporadically with odd amounts of miles, and I, I buy them as well if I can use them, you know? Yeah, for sure. So how, how did you get into this? You know, what, what was like the path that kind of took you to where you are now where, you know, you're 
making a decent living, you know, selling brokering miles? Great question, Zach. So I think here I, I, um, I was, let's say in my young twenties and I, um, I've, I've, I also saw these, you know, these sign up bonuses and I was reading up online, you can get credit cards and get a lot of miles and take free trips. And this, you know, the same way everyone in our audience is probably doing the same thing, reading this stuff and figuring, wow, this is fantastic. You know, I can get free trips and business class and I can go here and there miles. It's great. And I, I signed up for some cards and it happened to be that I, you know, I found the sweet spot. Um, the British, um, back when the AVOS program just started in 2011, I found that they had 4,500 miles for the short haul routes. Now, nowadays, the British uh, short haul routes are 7,500, at least Which in is North America. Which is still great. Yeah, which is still great, but I guess not as good as it, it used is. to be. Yeah, it's very good sometimes. So sometimes, just like any mileage redemptions, the cash on those routes are, are just as good. But you're right, it, it could be a great value sometime. Now it's 7,500, but for a nice bunch of years from let's say 2011 to 2014 it was 4500 so at that point i just had the british airways card that gave me a hundred thousand miles and i figured fantastic i know people in uh, detroit and um i started selling these 4500 routes i started selling them for money and it just kicked off people heard about me and i was able to get them cheaper tickets than the online and people were just calling me and saying, hey, I heard you do flights. Can you get me a flight? This, that. And it sort of branched out from there. So I basically initially was just just looking to uh, cash out my own miles. And then by the time my, my miles stash got depleted, people were still calling me. So I figured, let me see where I can get more miles. And the thing is, it's not so easy to buy miles. Uh, there's no, you don't just go to the supermarket, you know. So that would be a I supermarket did, that I like very much for what it's worth. I already yeah. love shopping for groceries, so if you could also buy my there, <laughs> it'd be great. Yeah, so I wish. That would that would kill the market. They were that would just basically kill the market almost for people like myself. So what I did was I asked around and you know I I basically discovered that there's people that are called miles brokers I've, I've i've seen advertisements for people that buy miles i didn't know what they do with it um so i i i came you know i i understood that there's people that got it they have to be selling miles so i got in touch with some people that sell miles and i was buying the miles off them and booking the flights and then i picked up my own clients and it, it just it really snowballed from there um you know, people hear from a friend that this guy buys miles or sells miles and does flights. And it, it just, it kicked off from there pretty much. There's no real, there's nothing more. I just literally started like that referrals, word of mouth. And that's, that's exactly how it's, how it's done. Uh, the other thing is that there is, um, there's a network of, of mile of people that buy and sell miles. There's a private network uh, the people that you know, people like me that buy and sell, um, to trade, you know, a group that trades this stuff. 
So back to uh, brokering, there's, there's no, uh, it's like I said, it's, it's something that's against the airline terms and conditions. So in one hand, I feel bad a little bit. I don't, you know, I don't always feel like amazing doing this because it, it is against the terms, but on the other hand, you're allowed to you're allowed to use it for family or for friends. You're allowed to give away your miles, so it's sort of the gray area, you know. So when you say gray area, do you mean ethically? <laughs> uh, ethics is a whole other question. That's a good, that's a very good question. Ethically, it's not uh, it's it doesn't it doesn't only boil down to miles. You can ask that question about any industry or any business that you um of course you're not doing something illegal you're just let's say um you know you buy an item from amazon or from any store you buy an item and uh it works fine but you just don't like it and you want to return it so the the return policies that that you know it was used you can't um, can't return it, but you used it once or twice, so it's 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 as, it's as if it's new. It's like it's not really used. You can't tell it's used. So the, the same question: Is it is it right to do? It's it's not illegal. It's certainly not illegal. Are you breaking the rules? Technically, yes, you you are breaking the rules. So that's a good question. I, I'm not going to answer that right now. Fair enough. That's a really good question. Um, certain things I do not do. I don't I don't do anything that's very risky or I don't do um, so what are some of those things so every mile this program is different some some are really easy going about it like just for example Delta Airlines they really they don't crack down they don't go after people they you can book five six seven tickets out of a Delta account for different mismatching names and they will not say boo American, on the other hand, is known to be strict. They will go after you. They will email you. They will shut down your account. They will, you know, they'll make it impossible for you to reopen it. They'll, they'll, they'll really go after you. So you don't want to mess with airlines like that. That you're taking a huge risk of a the miles getting confiscated, b the account getting shut down, and you really not being able to open another American account. See that if you're booking a ticket that's unflown, they're going to cancel the ticket. So you you really want to watch out. If any of our audience audiences is thinking of ever uh, buying miles or selling miles, you just really want to you really want to ask yourself twice before you do it. Mm-hmm. So so what does a typical day at the office look like for you? What are the types of things you're doing? That's a great question. I'm actually. I just booked a ticket. I, I book a lot of simple domestic tickets. You'd be surprised. You know, everyone thinks miles, first class, business class, international. I don't deal with uh, all miles bookings. But when you're a travel agent, you got to be full service. You got to offer everything. So if someone comes to you, they want a ticket New York, Toronto, and miles is not a good option. You don't. You never want to say, "Hey, I, it's not available with miles." You book it online. You want to figure a way that you can book it and also make money. But but that's just one side thing. So I don't always deal with miles. I deal with whatever is the cheapest for the client. I see a ticket online is 
is 500 bucks. It's not worth two miles. I'll book it at a discount cash or something like that. Miles is getting harder and harder. It used to be great, you know, with British, with even like Delta United, domestic, you know, the saver availability was available a lot and tickets were very expensive. But it's, 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 it's dying out. Miles are getting more expensive and cash is getting cheaper. So I'm, I'm really booking more and more cash tickets discounted. That's, a, that's really a separate discussion because how do I get the discount? How can I book it cheaper than online? Future uh, episode. Yeah, we'll do that. I'm trying to really think. I, 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 both, I, I, book, I book tickets, both with cash or with miles. I book a lot of domestic tickets, you know, I'm just looking at my notes here, what I did in November, JFK, Phoenix, Detroit, a lot of just domestic routes, sometimes with Delta miles, sometimes with, sometimes with United miles. Here's one I did with, um, here's like a, a international thing that I did with Delta miles. Like like right before Christmas, New York City to to South America, um, Argentina. So that was very expensive. And another thing where miles shine, I didn't mention this, is when there's no Saturday night stay. If you want, if you if you open up Google Flights and you'll put in a ticket New York City to London for February for a week, tickets are going to be not more than six seven hundred bucks direct. But if you want to do February, if you want to leave on the February 4th, let's say, which is a Monday, and come back that Thursday, tickets are going to be like $2,000. Why? Because they they don't offer the lower fare classes for tickets that don't have a Saturday night stay because I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure the answer myself, but I, I, I heard that it's because the, the people that are coming back without staying the weekend are the business travelers and they're going to fly yeah. that route regardless. Yeah. That's so that's, that's typically like when you have a lot of these fair differentials, like why you kind of see that and would, why I'm always lucky to have a lot of flexibility in my schedule. So I'm typically always flying on kind of these off days and whether it's cash or miles able to, you know, take advantage of it because flexibility versus the business traveler that has, you know, basically no flexibility. Right, and the, and the business travelers don't work on the weekends. They don't want to stay in London over the weekend. They want to come home, and yeah. then they're not even working. So that's why that's why tickets are expensive if you're not staying over the weekend. And there's, there might be ways to get around it. I'm not going to talk about that now. But miles <laughs> is a is a great option for these routes. So I had someone that wanted to go to Argentina, and the, and tickets online was you know in the mid. You know the mid teens, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen hundred or more. And that's when I used miles. A United thirty thousand the way there, or, or I used Aeroplan miles thirty thousand Air Canada, and thirty five thousand Delta back. So that was a great a great option. Other than doing actual bookings, I also broker miles. So I. Um, I like I said, I'm part of this network of people that, that buys and sells miles, and I have clients that sell me miles, and I don't 
oftentimes I don't need all of them myself to do my bookings and I have a surplus and I sell them off at a profit and then I'm not involved in the booking. So it's literally just selling the actual miles and no headaches finished. I'm not, if you're, if you have a problem with the ticket, that's really not my responsibility. Of course, I try to help out where I can, but it's, it's, it's out of my hands. So some, some people do a lot more stuff with the miles. They do a lot of international business on first class. I would love to have those clients. I don't really have too many of them yet. So I don't, I don't do too many of those, but I think that answers your question about what a typical day in the office looks like for me. Yeah, thank you. So, Jason, I would normally say to a guest like this, do you, do you want to plug something? But I think you, you specifically don't want to plug something. Would that, would that be accurate? <laughs> yeah, listen, I, I, um, like I said, I don't advertise. If I would advertise, I would maybe refer you to my website. Mm-hmm. I like buying miles. I like booking tickets with miles. I just, my, my model right now is word of mouth, and it's a bit safer that way. Though there's no there's no terrible risks. Like I always, if I'm booking miles tickets, I usually tell the clients, hey, this is a miles ticket in case they need to call the airline and the airline um, realizes, you know, when the, when the passenger saying, hey, I, I purchased this and the airline's like one second, you purchased it, but it's a miles ticket. Something's wrong. We're <laughs> going to flag it. So I, I usually, you know, they usually know upfront what's going on and how their ticket was booked. So, I haven't really had any real problems with that. Here and there, I've had small problems, but in the major scale of things, I I haven't really had any issues. But so I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't really advertise. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for your time, Jason. Looking forward to next week. Absolutely, Zach. It's good talking. Today's show is brought to you by Easy Point a new service that helps both small businesses and consumers formulate a personalized miles and points strategy. Check out easypoint.me to learn all about what we do.